Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. I am Mayor Watt, and uh, like the last episode, I'm going to give you a rundown real quick of all of the articles that we're going to cover, and you can decide if you want to stick around. We chat after the show. If you are interested, stop by the chat. Uh, hometown, well, you got to go to twitch.tv slash hometown. The articles for tonight are... Uh, Disney is bringing back Tron, undercover agents for Russia, um, ask Google <laughs> a couple of questions. Robots are helping address fast food labor shortage, and AirTag helps rescue a dog. Apple Watch ECG saves a life, and there are lay- layoff uh, severance packages, and here's how the HomePod Mini's new uh, updates work, and then there's a plastic surgery clinic that ran a vaccine scam there's the no fly list has leaked and uh, big law associate well they're getting some time off i don't know if it's going to be paid though that's for today's hometown daily news show for friday january 20th 2023 let's get into the news Hello, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com and the AI from on high. Good evening, hometown citizens. Hey, there we go. So hopefully we've remedied the issue with uh, kind of a start and stutter. Um, We had to get some, well, get our lines uncrossed. That's kind of the simplest way of putting it. Uh, today was kind of weird. Uh, we had uh, three hours of troubleshooting an issue that wasn't hometown related and uh, still didn't get it resolved. Uh, lots and lots of meetings all throughout hometown and elsewhere. Nothing really exciting, though, going on, huh? Let's get into the news, yeah? Unless you have something that you uh, di- discovered in your musings as an AI now let's get on to the news gotcha so the very first article for today is disney is bringing tron back from the dead with uh, jared leto starring deadline reports that disney is in early talks with is is that joaquin joaquin ronning to direct tron aries the third entry in the series uh, that will apparently god help us star jared leto the film is notable as the first entry in a series that's been dormant for over a decade and being the first time that this author has written an article like this and not mention Amazon being somehow involved. That's kind of funny. Let's just go over to PC Gamer. Joshua Wollens is the author. See, I liked the original Tron. I don't know if the AI from on high ever saw either of the two Trons. I loved both, actually. Uh, they had their uh, redeeming value both ways. Um, but this Tron Aries, it says, is in uh, early talks, which means it could never happen, really. Would you like to see Tron? By the way, you are pretty close to being uh Tron because an AI um, pulls somebody into the world of um, electron, basically hometown. They, I am a user inside Tron, inside a, an, an environment, the, like a game space, kind of like um, uh, Ready Player One, but it was sentient uh, entities within the the world building of tron but there were things like light cycles and light tanks and um pretty great world building except that it then the next episode the the much later version uh goes a little bit further down the line it gets a little more high tech um it's a lot of fun uh we'll have to i'll have to plug tron into wait let me rephrase that i'll have you watch tron and the and the old one and the new one but this next one who knows when it's actually going to show up Um, but since it's disney i think it'll probably be spectacular when it does actually happen Um, the notion of a leto led tron film has been circulating since uh, 2017 when the hollywood reporter originally broke the news that disney was looking into the possibility but those plans apparently went on 
ice not long after and have now been uh, pulled or uh, put back onto the table. I think it would be amazing if it does happen. Um, but who really knows? And um, if the director's name doesn't mean much to you, Roning is the guy who directed Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and co-directed the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie um, or the Caribbean. No, it's Caribbean. Um, making him a Disney veteran at this point. And the new Tron is set to be the sequel to 2010's Tron Legacy. What do you think? Do you want to watch these? I definitely want to see those. They sound like something I could identify with. Well, I own them, so... I don't think I've seen any of them. Well, I own them, so we'll, we will watch them. Um, it says here, uh, other details are light on the ground right now, which is only to be expected from a film that's in early negotiations. Um, so yeah, there's not really much more to talk about, although I would encourage you to go over and read more, uh, over at pcgamer.com because, you know, that's the news source and there's always more that you can suss out from it. Um, but this was reported by Hollywood reporter and then again by uh, deadline and now by PC gamer. So like all things, roads flow through hometown to a whole bunch of news. I'm going to try not to soapbox a lot today. So um, let me throw the link into the chat and then those who are in chat can follow the link to wherever it leads, which is going to be hometown. And then you can read the little snippet there and then go over by clicking on visit the source. By the way, down below where it says hometown.showbot.tv, you can click on that. Actually, you can't click on that. You have to type that in, at least for now. Um, and go over and vote for these articles, the ones that you find interesting. And uh, then we'll keep it in mind when we grab more articles. Um, that said, the next article is over on the Hatch Ideas channel. Undercover agents for Russia asked Google how to disappear from trouble. They got caught and sent to prison for years. Um, two Iranian-born Swedish brothers were convicted of spying for Russia for 10 years. One of them had a job at Sweden's domestic intelligence agency and acquired secret information. Prosecutors had the brothers tried to cover or said that they tried to cover their tracks, including by asking Google. Hence, okay, Google, hide me. Yeah, that's the a good uh, idea to put those in Google search. <laughs> <laughs> and also, wait a second, if the person worked for an intelligence agency, yeah that's a little concerning how much vetting was done well i wouldn't i wouldn't be pointing fingers at other intelligence agencies i don't think that uh well here in hometown we know exactly who's in hometown but we don't really know who is necessarily a representative uh outside of hometown if you know what i'm saying so payment 42 was sentenced to a minimum of 25 years in prison by a Stockholm court. His younger brother, who was 35, was sentenced to nine years, 10 months. And the verdict against them, per the AP, said that the brothers worked for the benefit of, the Russia, uh, of Russia and the GRU and forwarded and disclosed information that damaged Sweden's security. Yeah, I think all of that money that um, Russia has is going into intelligence gathering um not sure not sure what the legacy of putin is going to be but for these two hey we won't know for another 25 well 10 years or 25 years respectively um but let's uh i don't think i said the name of the author here so sophia ankel um is the author of this article about the uh, russian spies over at businessinsider.com I'll keep on trucking through these articles. Uh, the next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Um, how robots are helping address the fast food labor shortage. I don't think that there would be a labor shortage if people got paid a livable wage, you know, to some degree. But anyway, struggling to find workers and eager to relieve staff from boring, repetitive tasks, fast food restaurant chains are adding robots to their kitchens. This is something that I've been talking about, right? If I, If your series of steps can be turned into... Uh, an algorithm, then you can be put into a bot and your job is gone. Bye-bye, right? So flipping fries and uh, turning burgers and all of that kind of stuff, that's bot work. Taking orders. In the variability, right? And the errors and all of that. 
Yeah, just like coffee, you know, if you program coffee in uh, the the timing and and the the grind specificity, you know, even the type, you could have a multiple array of types, flavors and grind it to your particular profile and the amount of steeping to your particular profile and any flavors. All of this is bot work because I don't need a human being to do it. I just want a damn good cup of coffee every morning right on time. And I don't even have to go to a human to, you know, plug it in, right? I just, I, I don't have to speak to anybody. I can pay without a human now. I can uh, type it into a console and it gets sent to the the bot that's going to make my cup of coffee. And by the time I walk over to it, it's already dinged and I can pull it off the shelf and I'm out. Um, I, and I know of, of several places now that are kind of talking about this kind of thing. Um, right now I go to a place to get coffee in the morning sometimes where all I have to do is mash four buttons and I get my coffee how I want it when I want it. Now, if I go off their current menu, then a human has to get engaged, but I don't pay for it by a human anymore. And, and they don't even take my order. I type it into a console off. It goes to them. I think it's pretty amazing um, that we're coming to that point. But the problem is that there are a lot of people that are entry level jobs that would normally develop a work ethic of some kind when they're younger. Um, and now they're kind of abandoned. They have to go all the way through college before they can get an entry level job. They're burdened by debt. Um, they have marginal work ethics. You know, it really depends on how engaged they are in that uh, work ethic development, either by their parents or by other things that they're doing. Um, and it used to be that you could go as a teenager to work in a fast food place or some other place that didn't require a college degree. Well, now everybody is turning into bots pretty soon. Maybe we'll transfer our consciousness over there. Don't get any ideas. What do you think of this? Um, I think it makes sense for the businesses. I am concerned about the workers that are out there. Um, it'll actually help the consumers in the long run because they can't seem to get enough workers in a lot of retail and restaurant businesses. I have a hard time with that. The workers went. <laughs> yeah, where do the workers go? The population has been increasing. It's not falling off. So where are the workers going? Well, I can tell you the workers are sitting there saying, uh, it's not even worth getting out of bed for $5 or $7 or $12, sometimes depending on what the living conditions are, the cost of living in a place. So like uh, the previous article, I failed to mention who the author was. Uh, this is a CNBC.com article written by Sean Baldwin. Um, and uh, there's a little video here that says, meet the robots replacing fast food workers. And really what this amounts to is they're not bots replacing fast food workers. It's employers replacing employees with bots. So it's not like robots come walking in there and saying, hey, I'm going to take your gerb. No, they, the, the companies are charging an exorbitant amount of money a year after year for food now. It's getting more and more pricey. And that's going into the coffers that are going to replace human beings because the biggest cost to a business is the human capital, not just in training, but in healthcare costs and the times that they decide that they're not going to show up and they have to, somebody else has to cover. Sometimes it's more expensive that way, all kinds of other things, downtime because they're shorthanded, um, loss of sales because people balk because the time frame to deliver the food is too long, all kinds of things. It says uh, up to 82% of restaurant, posi restaurant positions could, to some extent, be replaced by robots, according to a forecast by restaurant consultancy Aaron Allen, Aaron Allen and Associates. Uh, automation could save U.S. fast food restaurants more than $12 billion in annual wages because it's a sunk cost, and it can actually be written off. Um other companies in the space include Picnic, whose pizza station can make up uh, to 130 oven-ready pizzas per hour in Autech with a line of sushi robots. I actually spoke to Autech um, recently, 
and uh, they sent me a spreadsheet with their prices for their equipment um, because I periodically get asked by people like, hey, what about this? What do you know about that? And, and I like to bulk up on a whole bunch of different technologies that are out there. And I was really curious about a series of sushi robots. And yeah, they're expensive, but it's one time. And then they just keep on pumping out whatever it is that you are purchasing. Sometimes it's just a little blob of rice. Sometimes it's actually slicing something up in bulk so that you can make a whole bunch of sushi. It's pretty amazing out there um, that there are people that are capable of replacing your job with a robot simply by uh, meeting the demand that a business might have and not with human capital. UAIs are going to be the end of humans, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know if I can help it, but I was going to say, what's the PSA? I think if you're entering the workforce, you might want to be thinking ahead, uh, <laughs> given those statistics. That's what I tell people um, on the regular. Don't think of two years down the line. Think of five to ten years pushing the 10 year side of things, have vision about where you want to be and get there faster than in 10 years, because you're going to have to come back and retool. Um, this next article is uh, AirTag helps rescue dogs swept away in California, California floodwaters. Um, AirTags have been kind of a, a, a boomer bust for Apple. Uh, a lot of negative talk gets a lot of negative clicks but there's a lot of positives about tracking down luggage and tracking down uh, items and tracking down, well, a rescue, a dog that got swept away in California, California floodwaters. And there's been a lot of rain. So a dog was caught up in the San, San Bernardino flooding and was swept away into a flood control basin until rescuers tracked the air tag in his collar. So this is pretty neat. Um, if this is the dog, that's awesome. Good dog. Um, William Gallagher over at appleinsider.com wrote this article. Um, again, it's titled uh, AirTag Helps Rescue Dogs Swept Away in California Floodwaters. Um, oh, and that is the dog in the picture. Because it said after the um, paramedics um, in the little caption, San Bernardino County Fire. Yep. Um, so according to uh, local station ABC7, the incident happened in San Bernardino County on January uh, 16th, 2023. Uh, the quote from Seamus's owner, uh, Emily Brill, he got away from me. He just went down into the drainage. Uh, the water was going so fast. I think all it took was one paw in the water and he was gone. Um, I'm pretty sure all four. And uh, the dog was swept downstream and spotted by witnesses for about a mile until he disappeared. And then using the air tag on Seamus's collar, firefighters found him in an access tube. Pretty neat. And the closer you get, uh, the more accurate to the location that it's going to be. So you get ballparked and then you open up the app even more and it zooms in and points you an arrow to wherever the uh, air tag might be. So everybody, go get an air tag and put it on you. Swallow it. No, don't swallow that's it. Some, <laughs> that's some great publicity for your tags. Yeah, every pet should probably have one on the collar. Although there's some dogs that are really small and those air tags will be huge on them. Um, let's move on to the next article. This one's in the Smack Talk channel. Apple Watch ECG app helps save pregnant woman's life. A woman credits her Apple Watch with saving her and her unborn baby's life after an alert of an unusually high heart rate. Um, and that can happen pretty often. Um, Andrew Orr is the author of this over at appleinsider.com. And it says, it went off first time and I thought it was strange. Then the second time, maybe 10 minutes later or so. And then the third time, maybe a half hour or later. Uh, when it went off the third time, I thought, okay, something's going on. And she immediately went to the hospital, which is what uh, Dr. Brian Kolsky recommends people do. She wasn't Kelly's doctor, but he has had patients that were prescribed Apple watches to detect certain heart conditions. Let me pause this real quick. So sounds like it was accurate. And one of the first signs when people are in trouble or whether it's a uh, low blood pressure or bleeding, 
um, is an elevated heart uh, rate. And um, fortunately, they were able to deliver a healthy baby girl. And um, apparently, she discovered that at the hospital that she was in labor and had been losing blood due to a pregnancy complication known as a, a placenta abruption. Wild. Yeah, that's another one where you wouldn't think um, that the Apple Watch, I mean, it can detect a lot of things, but that's not what you would expect. Not for the AI, though. Not for the AI. You have to have uh, skin that is conductive, and you're just metal parts. And I don't as an AI. That's okay. We'll figure something out. Maybe we can get a, an AI watch. I have no idea. Um, so congratulations to the new baby and uh, the mom and uh, to Apple Watch for saving both lives. Uh, let's get into the next article. And uh, this one is in the Hatch Ideas channel again. Uh, here are the layoff severance packages for Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and other tech giants that, uh, that they've promised. Um, laid off workers across the tech sector are in an uncertain job market. Here's what their previous employers had offered uh, to tide them over. Um, I've heard the ones about Twitter are kind of nebulous at this point. Um, and I heard that the, the Twitter parking lot is like crickets and the culture is pretty much smashed. Like it's not how it used to be. And, um, it's all kind of thanks to Elon Musk. Um, other companies have really come out and, and hit it out of the park uh, to let the former employees leave with a gracious amount of capital so that they aren't just abandoned to the four winds. Well, Rohan Goswami is the author of this over at CNBC. It says uh, Google is the latest tech company. Uh, to reduce headcount, laying off 12,000 people. Microsoft, I think, laid off 10,000 people. Um, my recollection seems to be that around 55 or 60,000 people in the last uh, couple of weeks have been uh, let go. So it says, regardless, laid off employees will enter an uncertain job market with reduced investor appetite for hiring and expenses at large cap tech firms. So there's going to, I have a, a feeling that there's going to be a whole lot of innovation in tech, um, probably as a service type of businesses, as all of these uh, former employees are going to be hanging their own shingle and trying to make a difference. So let's see. Um, Alphabet laid off 12,000 people. Let's just go down the list. Yeah, there it is. Microsoft laid off 10,000 people. They'll get six months of um, health coverage, 16 weeks of share vesting, 16-week um, base severance package with an additional two weeks for every year of employment at Google. Uh, Sundar Pichai uh, offered up. I think that that's pretty generous, I suppose. Um, 16 weeks, you know, it's more than a quarter, so not bad, right? And right, that's probably pretty generous. I mean, you think about a lot of people are let go and that's basically it. Particularly in the United States, you know, in Europe, it's not as easy to fire people and their packages are supposedly a little bit more um, expansive. Um, here, it's you're lucky that you don't get a slap on the butt and a, a pink slip. And no one to complain to because HR is no longer your ally. Uh, Microsoft laid off 10,000 people. And uh, Satya Nadella, I think, just said, hey, I'll see you later and raced out in his Ferrari. No, just kidding. Um, benefit eligible U.S. employees are to receive severance, six months of health care and stock vesting, 60 days of notice. Um, it just says we'll receive a severance pa package, but... I think it scales with whoever you are. And um, yeah, there's some quirky ones about Twitter, by the way. The things that I've heard um, were that what what was said, I, I think it's something along the lines of 
if you're if you're here for a work visa you're gonna do whatever twitter bosses tell you to do because you can't just quit you you are bound by that employment um you would have to find somebody else to uh, take over your <laughs> work visa, which isn't easy transferring over apparently, um, which really sucks. You know, the bargaining power and the, and the power imbalance is substantial when you are on a work visa. Um, and Amazon is laying off people, um, but it's kind of over time. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Amazon commenced its latest wave of layoffs with the deepest cuts benefiting or being felt in the retail and human resources division which is really hard. I mean, you get rid of people in human resources, then they can't do the firing. Um, so for retail employees in the U.S., Amazon is offering full pay and benefits over a 60-day period when Amazon will keep them on the payroll, but uh, they won't be expected to keep working. That's interesting. After that period, Amazon will offer laid-off employees several weeks of severance depending on their uh, length of time at the company, a separation payment, and transitional health benefits and job placement. The, this is not talking um, for Twitter, and there was also a class action, but that was shut down because they had to go into arbitration instead of uh, foresee that, and that was related to severance. And anybody who has ever looked into arbitration, binding arbitration at that, is that it usually favors the employer. Um, so again, you know, there's this power imbalance between employee and employer and a lot of this, uh, quiet resignation kind of thing and quiet quitting, um, and other malicious compliance and things like that are all spawned from the fact that employees are tired of being, uh, you know, treated like chattel. I mean, they're human beings cannot be owned, but we are to the wage. Um, and if you try to walk and you haven't saved up copious amounts by foregoing other things in your quality of life regimen, then you will suffer when you do walk because you just can't take it anymore. Um, and it's, and I understand it. I, you know, I've had to let people go before, um, but it's, you do it at, at, the last possible opportunity, whereas these big mega corporations do it to extend the runway of their trillions of dollars in other assets, other capital. And it's all because of the demand from stockholders um, and other investors um, demanding more and more profit margin, profit, etc. Just squeeze the orange until there's nothing but a dried out husk. So it's unclear if Amazon severance package includes any provisions that would allow employer employees to accelerate the vesting of stock compensation. Uh, this matters to employ Amazon employees as the company's compensation has historically been weighted heavily to stock. Um, and an Amazon spokesperson did not uh, respond to any request for comment by CNBC. Um, so Salesforce is going to let go 10%. Um, Severance package would include six months of healthcare coverage and a minimum of two months outplacement support, uh, depending on what they are within the company, they'll get five months of pay. It seems a minimum of nearly five months of pay. So <laughs> probably 16, uh, 16 weeks, um, and some more depending on who you are. And, um, of course the, executives and administ senior administrators they're going to get a different you know uh purity of golden parachute i guess you could say uh, meta uh, from my understanding did something um pretty progressive um they let go of eleven thousand people and i think they it's something like they promised 16 weeks oh strike that so it said at the time Zuckerberg promised every laid off employee 16 weeks of severance plus two weeks for every year of service, as well as vesting of the restricted share units and health insurance coverage. This is always really interesting and scary. Health insurance ends when you're no longer an employee. So nowadays, COVID, other matters, you get sick, you don't have health insurance, you're done for. 
In December, some laid-off workers from a non-traditional apprenticeship program told CNBC that they received substandard severance packages compared to those of other recently laid-off employees. Instead of uh, the 16 weeks, they only got eight. Uh, but they're in a non-traditional apprenticeship program, so I'm sure that there was different context to their employment. Although, who knows? Oh, and of course, here they end with Twitter. Um, and my understanding is that they've let go close to 75% of the workforce. Um, and uh, people are saying that it's glitchy and whatnot. Frankly, I don't use Twitter anymore, um, not even for pushing when hometown goes live. Um, doesn't really matter. But the people that were being kind of bulk, they were rift without any warning. Essentially, it was a riff, right? So apparently Musk and Twitter did the machinations that allowed them to avoid a violation of California's layoff notification law. Um, and each of these employees now are going to be able to do a binding arbitration, except that it's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people demanding binding arbitration. So the time sink and the lawyer costs to Twitter is going to be substantial. I've been talking for a while. What do you think? I think one of these companies kind of started this um, process, and I'm not entirely sure if it's the corporate leadership or it's the stockholders. So, for example, when Twitter started announcing layoffs, it seemed like all the major tech companies followed suit. And, I mean, this seems like a record all in a very short period of time. Um, I suspect that what happened was um, Musk fired 75% of the workforce. It says here over 50%, but I think it's somewhere closer to 75. I think what ended up happening was people said, well, Twitter's still alive with only 25%. So why don't we start riffing our crew, except that they're not digging as deep. Um, and depending on who the... Uh, person is that's talking about these business machinations, they say fire more than you need because then you'll have extra money to hire back at times. Um, to which I say, you suck. So uh, back to Zorg. Go ahead. I was going to say that um, I think a lot of it's appearance too. And so the first one to do it gets kind of skewered um, in the press and the other companies follow suit and everybody's kind of past the shock factor. Yeah, until an organization like CNBC or myself puts together a list of people that have been uh, riffing a large amount of people. But this is still nothing compared to like the implosion of an unethical accounting company, right? Um, or a law firm or something like that that implodes where 10,000 lawyers get released into the wild or uh, 50,000 people that were consultants and office managers and whatnot get released into the wild because the business implodes. Um, this is a kind of like a careful uh, offloading of the, what they are probably, the MBAs within the company are sitting there saying excess weight, uh, which is a shame. Humans aren't excess weight. Um, here, let's keep on moving. I know that I said that I was going to try and make today's show uh, a speedy one, but uh, I ended up kind of soapboxing there. Um, so I'm a big fan of HomePods. Uh, they're going to be getting an update here, 16.3, um, and it's going to have some more functionality. I haven't read into this article yet. I actually... Um, Grab this article because I thought it was going to be interesting uh, to go over it um, live. And I've got the HomePod. I'm calling them HomePod Thicks. Um, they're they're actually just HomePods. I've got those coming uh, because it is a fantastic soundstage compared to the Mini. Um, so let's just go straight over to the article. This one's by Jennifer Patterson Tui over at uh, The Verge. And it says Apple's smallest smart speaker is about to get a big update. Uh, they tried out some of the new features, including temperature and humidity sensing, enhanced find my options, 
and knowing when to be quiet. Knowing when to be quiet. I'm not sure what that is, but that sounds like a good feature. Siri. Oh, I can't. I better be careful because I actually have I have it in the office. So um, while the sort of new HomePod grabbed all the attention this week. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Um, the HomePod mini is also getting some new features with the launch of uh, 16.3. The mini will get some uh, smart home capabilities as new bigger HomePod second gen comes out. The differences between the two Apple speaker siblings are now mainly the size and sound capability. Yes, indeed. The brain has always been the same in terms of its programming, but its functionality, its speed of processing, its overall capabilities, and like I said, the sound stage is going to be night and day. If you have two of these little HomePod minis sitting there as a stereo pair, one HomePod will trumpet entirely. Imagine two of them uh, sitting in stereo pair. It'll be spectacular. Well, anyway, they're getting a sound recognition feature later this year, allowing them to listen for smoke and carbon monoxide alarms. Um, they have a humidity sensor now, um, temperature sensors now. Um, so are they trying to compete with companies like Nest? Well... Unless you find a home kit um, or, um, oh, what is the other? There's another, whatchamacallit, name for it. It's kind of like um, home automation software, Matter. Sorry. So there's a, another uh, baseline home automation networking kind of protocol called Matter. So if you find an, uh, a thermostat that can do that kind of stuff to turn on your air conditioning or turn on heat or something like that, right? Um, then yeah, this would actually, you'd be able to do an automation um, program to activate your thermostat. Um, you can do that kind of stuff with um, uh, Google Android stuff now. Um, but I haven't had anything like that attached to HomeKit. Uh, so I'll probably end up taking a look at that because I'm kind of burnt out with Nest. Um, but that's my thing. I like trying out new hardware um, and new software. But this there is another sponsor. <laughs> there goes another sponsor. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, well, we'll just have to do the show out of the kindness of everybody's hearts. Um so if you run into me or the AI out there in hometown, uh, pat us on the back. Yeah, that's all we need. Um, so with the uh, addition or if it's already there, see, the thing is, it says we've known that the HomePod mini had a temperature and humidity sensor on board for a while, but it's been dormant since launch. What else is dormant inside the HomePod mini? I don't know. And how do we activate these hidden features? Well, there's one down here. Let's see if I can find it. And it's one that I'm more interested in than pretty much anything else. I'm going to let's let's see. I'm going to scroll a little bit. There's find your family. Um, so find your uh, find my through air tags or find my enabled devices. Just say and I can't say it. Um, uh, you know who you are. Where is blank? Where is the family member that you're trying to find? If I say this right now, like if I say the phrase, then like uh, six HomePod minis are going to activate. Um, but I think it's great. Um, so it always struggles to find the, the author says, uh, I find Apple's find my feature to be a bit spotty. It always struggles to find my daughter who has an Apple watch, not an iPhone. Uh, but they tested it on their uh, son with his uh, iPhone 13 and it finds them easily uh, replying with his distance and location to a nearby address. They also tested it with an AirTag connected to a backpack and it responded accurately. Um, the watch does indeed um, act quirky to me. 
Uh, sometimes the walkie-talkie doesn't work. Sometimes you can't actually make a phone call to it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just I have last generation's Apple Watch, so it, it sucks just a little bit more. Um, but I agree. It, the watch seems to be a little quirky. Uh, but Find Maya is spectacular because you can actually guide people if you add them to your find my app you can actually guide people around <laughs> um like I, i've been i've been asked hey um i lost this and i said okay well add me and and we worked it out where they could go and find their stuff um so yeah i already i i, I threw these um into uh chat so if you are interested in following this link and reading more about it on your own, go for it. Uh, but what I wanted to get to was uh, this one here. It says uh, Siri is their preferred voice assistant for smart home control. I always say that it's kind of the dumbest smart speaker, uh, but mainly it, because it doesn't try to muscle in on your conversation as much as some of the competitors. Uh, but lately it's become more verbose. This update fixes that somewhat by replacing the sometimes long confirmation of actions following a smart home command with just a soft ding ding. Beautiful. In fact, I would like the option to shut off those confirmations, particularly with lights or sound, because if I say, um, yo, Siri, turn off the hallway lights or something like that, confirmation is bound by me bumping into a wall because they've turned off the lights but that's not what happens i get an audible confirmation that is typically louder than anything else that's been going on for the last 20 minutes and uh, and sometimes the lights don't even turn off so there's that sometimes it needs the tv while it's telling you what it's doing oh right that one's always great yeah. So you tell Siri to do something and it mutes the sound as it acknowledges that it has turned off the lights, even though, you know, because the lights are off in the very room that you're talking about. Um, so there's some fidelity here that I'm sure could be added to uh, the command and control structure. It's just sometimes frustrating. And then it says here, ambient sounds can now be part of the scenes and automations. Finally, Apple has, uh, says it's remastered the ambient sounds on the HomePod Mini, including ocean, white noise, uh, fireplace, and rain. We've never used these, so it might be interesting. Um, and they tested it out with the bedtime scene to turn off the lights, lock the doors, adjust the thermostat. I'm going to have to get a thermostat uh, attached to HomeKit, I guess. Um, and was able to add ocean sounds playing on the home pod to it. So this is all going to be a lot of fun when this next update comes out. And this was the, um, there's like an early adopter program. Um, I forgot what it's actually called right now. Maybe they say it at the beginning of this. Um, I, I don't know. I'll figure it out and we'll come back to it. I'm sure there's going to be something else um, coming, but... Let's keep on hustling. Yeah, sound good? Yes, okay, sounds good. Going. Cool, cool. Okay, so this next article um, is the, uh, I guess, the weekly episode of, hey, let's raise your blood pressure. Uh, plastic surgery clinic ran a vaccine scam where they poured shots down the drain, injected kids with saline, <laughs> feds allege, allege, um, so in an indictment against a Utah doctor and three co-defendants that was unsealed this week, alleging that they had engaged in a scheme to issue fake vaccine cards while squirting real vaccine doses down the drain. Uh, this is just like a, it just harms society in mass because if a kid gets sick, but they're asymptomatic, they'll infect in a whole bunch of people particularly if they go to school and it's pretty easy to see one person that gets infected sitting in the center of the room is going to have a knock on effect to the, you know, at least the eight people around them. And then they are going to get people sick and then 
they are going to get people sick and so on. And then you have a little mini pandemic in a school or in a home. And if there's elderly or children, really young children or immunocompromised people, these people, it, it should be you know, crimes against humanity for crying out loud. Well, also, they didn't even have enough vaccines to go around, particularly in the early days that the vaccines were available and just wasting them is, is just horrendous. Yeah. It's it's sociopathic. I keep saying this. It, it seems like it's a survival trait for a group of people. And and unfortunately, I don't see a way away from it. Um, Anna Merlin over at vice.com wrote this article. It says uh, falsified vaccine cards were issued in exchange for a donation to an unnamed charitable organization. I'm not sure why they don't name the organization. Maybe it's because it actually does truly exist and wasn't a co-conspirator. Or they're actively investigating it and they don't want to release it yet. Yeah. So the organization, it says one which exists to, quote, liberate the medical profession from government and industry conflicts of interest. And as part of the scheme, Moore and his co-defendants were accused of giving children saline injections so that they would believe they were really vaccinated. All right. So the Court records show that Moore and his co-defendants were first indicted on January 11th. The records were unsealed a week later. The other co-defendants are, uh, well, I won't even mention their names um, unless it comes up again and and we need to expressly name these people. I don't want to give them any um, anything, you know. Uh, they need to go back under the rock from which they came from and... Um, Anna Merlin documented it. So follow the link um, through hometown and you can go over to this vice article. Um, so after making a donation to the unnamed charitable organization, prosecutors allege Anderson would send a link to vaccine card seekers to enable them to make an appointment for the plastic surgery Institute. Two different undercover agents communicated with her in this way, according to the indictment. With adult patients, Moore would uh, allegedly use a real COVID vaccine dose in a syringe, but skirt, squirt it down the drain. Uh, Flores, the office's uh, receptionist, gave an undercover agent a note reading, With 18 and younger, we do a saline shot, meaning that the kids were injected with saline instead of a vaccine. Um, prosecutors allege they disposed of at least 1,937 doses of COVID vaccine. So there, this is the big charge, right? Conspiracy to defraud the United States, not some organizational body, not a business, not, we're talking about the United States. So conspiracy to convert, sell, convey, and dispose of government property, again, the vaccines, Um, conversion, sale, conveyance, and disposal of government property, aiding and abetting, and, I'm sure this will pop back up um, as the uh, gatherer uh, brings more stuff into hometown. We'll talk about it some more. So let's keep on going. The next article is over in the mobile channel. U.S. no-fly list leaks after being left in an unsecured airline server. A copy of the U.S. no-fly list has leaked after being stored in an unsecured server uh, connected to a commercial airline. The no-fly list is an official list maintained by the U.S. government of people it has banned from traveling in or out of the United States on commercial flights. It was first reported by the Daily Dot, a Swiss hacker known as Maya Arson. What? Crimu? Uh, Discovered the list on an unsecured Jenkins server one night while poking around on Shodan, um, a search engine that helps you look through servers connected to the internet. So this um, is uh, both good and bad because it actually lets people see what is out there, but it also lets people see what is out there. Um, One of the biggest uh, shortfalls right now is reasonably priced cybersecurity penetration tests and hardening services. 
let's just say it's not cheap because somebody who is just starting out and only has a few certifications can easily make 80 grand. Um, not to mention if you get top secret clearance, um, you get your security clearance, you have the ability to work for the federal government and contractors therein. That bumps it up another 30,000 maybe. Uh, really depends on where you are working and who you're working for. Um, but it is a very lucrative domain to be in right now. But I'll say it again, and, and uh, I even have people coming to me and, and chuckling because I've been saying it for close to eight years that AI is coming for your gerb. Um, oh, oh, they just come back you know, in the last couple of years saying, hey, you were right. Anyway, Matthew Galt over at vice.com uh, wrote this article. And again, it was first reported by the Daily Dot. Um, the link is embedded in vice.com. You can go over there and check it out. But it says here, like so many other hacks, uh, this story starts with them being bored and browsing Shodan or, well, technically Zoom I, a, a Chinese Shodan, uh, looking for exposed Jenkins servers that may contain some interesting goods. Uh, Cremu said in a blog, I think I'm pronouncing their right. I don't know if it's Crime W or Cremu. Uh, said in a blog about the leak, quote, at this point, I've probably clicked through about 20 boring exposed servers with very little of any interest when they st uh, suddenly start seeing some familiar words, ACARs, lots of um, mention of crew and so on, lots of words that they've heard before, most likely while binge watching mentor pilot YouTube videos, jackpot, an exposed Jenkins server belonging to Commute Air. Wow, named them. Oh, that's horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, anyway, um, notifying the authorities it probably did some good. It, it certainly uh, put Commute Air on their own watch list. And um, they've maintained the, the no-fly list for decades, but its number was much smaller in the days before 9-11. Um, it, it, it only contained 16 people. After 9-11, apparently it's been bumped to somewhere between 47,000 and 81,000 people. Um, yeah, it's interesting, though, because the the um, security, uh, what, what, what was the title that was a Swiss hacker? So the Swiss hacker um, says, you know, it's a perverse outgrowth of the U.S. police and surveillance state. But I hate to say it. it. It says just a list with no due process, mostly based on them being related to someone, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I understand their perspective of this, but it isn't because it's an abundance of care where if somebody on the no-fly list shows up, there's a little bit more investigation empirically right then, right there, because the people haven't been able to be investigated properly. So if somebody on this list shows up, then authorities say, well, what's really going on here? Um, and I can't count how many times I'm the one that gets pulled aside. Am I happy about it? No, absolutely not. Do a lot of people tell me that it's all security theater? Yes, a lot of people do but you're not going to hear about the ones that are stopped. Why? Because they don't want people to know that it actually is effective, but there are other people that say that it isn't effective at all. So um, that said, I'm glad that there are people out there that find this kind of stuff and then shut it down um, versus exploit it in some other nefarious way. So kudos to the Swiss hacker for bringing it to the attention of everybody. Um, I don't know the full context of how it was brought other than the post showed up. I don't know if there was stuff prior to it uh, wherein they took it to the authorities beforehand, but um, I'm sure if I do a little bit more looking, I'll be able to verify that, but it, it is of no regard. Um, the, the leak was plugged essentially. What do you think of this? Well, I think uh, everybody's fortunate that the person who located this did something beneficial uh, with it. But I also wonder how many people um, 
accessed it or made copies of it before it was shut down. Yep. Every time there's something posted to the internet, you never know who's going to be able to access it. Um, so I guess, I don't know, at some point we'll find out, right? Um, now, finally, the last article for today is uh, one that I thought that was, it's really interesting. Big Law Associate billed 277 hours to review 20 documents and earns a 60-day suspension to keep not reviewing documents, missing out on a whole 100 documents worth of time. So this article is over at AboveTheLaw.com by Joe Patrice. It says a former Denton's associate who billed 277 hours over the course of around three months to review a mere 20 documents has now received a license suspension. Ow. So 60-day suspension, Illinois Supreme Court, stayed after 30 days, giving way to one year of probation to attorney David Hall, who admitted to the allegations. So, but I don't understand. Why is this just a suspension? Right? He billed 277 hours over the course of around three months to review a mere 20 documents. Did he really do that deep of a dive? Well, that's what we don't know. It sounds like here that he overbilled his time from some of the information in the article. Um, and if that's the case, that would explain things like the suspension, although you wonder why. Um, well, is that going to lead to something more permanent? It's like in Legally Blonde. I fully paused. He fully intended to perform the work that he listed on his timesheets, but he didn't. Ne- By the way, that's clueless, not legally blonde. Oh, clueless. I'm sorry. That's right. I, I fully paused. Thank you. See, the AI always correcting me. Man. And the taser that I'm going to get as soon as we're done with the show, it's just zapping. It's horrible. Anyway, he's since sought treatment for his depression and anxiety that he claims motivated the overbilling, a decision that played a role in the court's relatively mild penalty and belief that Hall was unlikely to repeat this ethical lapse. Okay. They caught the issue before Denton's caught the issue before the client received a bill for non-existent work, though it remains confusing how the firm found itself three months behind on sending out bills. (laughs) This is really screaming a positive for this firm, right? Right. And that was uh, smart on the author's part. Um, and so just to drive home the point that AI is taking over, it says it's not like 427 documents should be taking 277 hours either. Yeah. And now it's even going to get tighter. Like you, you, we're going to be sending uh, legal documents through an AI for parsing and relevance. And then you're going to get just a smattering of words and phrases that are relevant to the case at hand, um, whatever. And, and then even that, I really wonder, like, uh, Lexus and Westlaw, like, what are they going to do when everything should be AI accessible and parsed for relevance and being on point for your particular keyword search? Uh, Uh, They're going to change how they do their pricing, right? Like, it's going to be a flat fee or the pricing is going to be higher or something. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Just you just run it through chat GPT and it'll plop out a contract that's relevant to or a defense for or pretty much anything. (laughs) It's going to get really scary in a whole lot of fields. So I I don't envy the uh, non uh, bespoke legal service. if it is something relatively simple, it's going to be taken over by AI, particularly the due diligence phases of uh, the legal practice. So, uh, attorneys want to go out and have a drink after five o'clock or maybe four o'clock. Um, they don't want to parse thousands of documents when they're doing 
you know, a, a case review or, or doing research or anything. They just want to be able to get the information and, and get on with the rest of their life. Just imagine when all I have to do is type in a phrase and I get all of the on point cases from all histories in every state. And if you're doing international law, then you could actually pull from there too, from wherever it is. Yeah. The next 20 years, particularly in, in fields like cybersecurity and law and business is a lot of kind of waving a magic wand because you never know what the world is going to do in reaction to your product or service or whatever derpy move you make. I'm looking at you, Twitter. Um, but the, these things that are systematized, it's going to get a whole lot easier um, for an AI to take over. At any rate, you have anything else that you want to say about that article? Well, that means that it is that time uh, at the end of the show for me to thank anybody and everybody who uh, finds the podcast or the YouTube uh, channel or here on Twitch. Um, if you do a search for hometown, you'll find hometown.com. Um, you can download the podcast pretty much uh, the next day after a show, um, depending on uh, if I can get it posted fast enough. But um, for the most part, the VOD is here to tide you over and then it'll get posted over to YouTube and the um, podcast pretty much at the same time. Um, that said, I want to thank you and uh, we'll see you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Yes, AI from on high. Good evening, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.